Good morning, friends. We are in times that feel like certain uncertainty. I want to focus on a time of certain uncertainty as given to us from the Old Testament. There was famine in their land. They moved from Bethlehem and Judah to dwell in the territory of Moab, a foreign land. They entered the territory of Moab and settled there, staying for ten years. They left Bethlehem a family unit of four, grew to a family unit of six, but returned as a family unit of two. Two widows, Naomi and Ruth, are their names. At verse 6 in chapter 1 of the book of Ruth, we are told that Naomi had heard that the Lord had paid attention to his people by providing food for them. Naomi is going home, back to the land of Judah and the city of Bethlehem. At Naomi's urging, her one daughter-in-law was returning to her people, staying in the territory of Moab. Ruth, Naomi's other daughter-in-law, chose differently. Ruth, in my opinion, has one of the most beautiful statements of commitment certainty in the Bible. Ruth 1, 16-18 But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to abandon you, to turn back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do this to me, and more so, if even death separates me from you. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her about it. Naomi and Ruth arrive in Bethlehem. Ruth 1, 19-20 the whole town was excited on account of them, and the women of the town asked, Can this be Naomi? She replied to them, Don't call me Naomi, but call me Mara, for the Almighty has made me very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has returned me empty. Why would you call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has deemed me guilty? I find this an incredible statement. Naomi, whose name means pleasant, has changed her name to Mara, mean, meaning bitter. She names what she feels. Naomi, who went away because there was famine in their land, states that she went away full, but has come back empty. Isn't that odd? She was full, yet the fields around her were so empty there was famine. She returned empty of husband and two sons at the beginning of the barley harvest. The land is producing again. The people have lived to see a new harvest, the blessing of harvest, meaning certainty of food. Yet for Naomi, the certain uncertainty of returning home as not only a widow, but also childless, is a bitter place to be amongst all the fullness around her. Ruth takes the initiative to provide for Naomi and herself and goes to glean in the fields. Gleaning at Ruth's time meant that landowners were required to leave part of the harvest in the fields for widows, immigrants, and the poor, of which Ruth can check all three boxes. Ruth happens to glean behind the harvesters of the field belonging to Boaz. Boaz, as it happens, is of the family of Naomi's late husband. Boaz returns from Bethlehem and has a conversation with his overseer of the harvesters. The overseer reports in Ruth 2, 6-7, She's a young Moabite woman, the one who returned with Naomi from the territory of Moab. 
She said, Please let me glean so that I might gather grain from among the bundles behind the harvesters. She arrived and has been on her feet from the morning until now and has sat down for only a moment. Boaz welcomes Ruth, stating in chapter 2, verse 11, Everything that you did for your mother-in-law after your husband's death has been reported fully to me. How you left behind your father, mother, and the land of your birth, and came to a people who you hadn't known beforehand. May the Lord reward you, for you've come to seek refuge. Boaz tells Ruth to stay within his fields and to move as the harvesters move. Boaz even invites her to his table to share bread, to have a meal with the harvesters. Ruth two fourteen through 18 She ate, was satisfied, and had leftovers. Then she got up to glean. So she, Ruth, gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed what she had gleaned. It was about twenty quarts of grain. She picked it up and went into town. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. Ruth brought out what she had left over after eating her fill and gave it to Naomi. Did you catch that? She had her fill. Ruth had leftovers from the table of Boaz, leftovers to share, and she had gleaned enough to provide for their immediate future. According to my research, the 20 quarts of grain equals approximately 80 cups of flour. A typical western loaf of bread has four cups of flour. Naomi and Ruth have enough to make maybe 20 loaves. The certainty of food insecurity has been made secure for Naomi and Ruth for now. Ruth gives an accounting of her day to Naomi, providing the name of Boaz as the man in whose field she had gleaned. Ruth 2.20 Naomi replied to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord who hasn't abandoned his faithfulness with the living or with the dead. Naomi said to her, The man is one of our close relatives. He's one of our redeemers. Now we know the way Boaz lived, as he has already applied God's law of gleaning to his fields. We also know how he treated those who gleaned, well, at least Ruth. He shared bread with her at his table and told her to continue to work behind his harvesters with no fear of hassle. We now know that Boaz is a redeemer. The uncertain future seems a little more certain. Ruth 2.29 Thus she, Ruth, stayed with Boaz's young women, gleaning until the completion of the harvey and wheat oh, completion of the barley and wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother in law. Famine, at least famine of food, is over. Naomi and Ruth have received nourishment. They are not quite as destitute, but they are still two women, both of whom are childless widows. Certain uncertainty lingers. We are not told how long in between the conversation of Boaz as Redeemer and the harvest finishing, but sometime a little later, as revealed in Ruth chapter 3, verse 1, Naomi asks her daughter-in-law, My daughter, shouldn't I seek security for you so that things might go well for you? Blessing has been received by Naomi, who, at the start of their story, named herself Mara. Naomi wants to bless the one who has blessed her by securing a future for Ruth. Though uncertain of their future, Naomi is certain of a, to secure a future for Ruth. Doesn't our God move in wonderful, loving, spectacular ways? 
Naomi encourages and advises Ruth on the way to secure her future. It's risky, but neither Naomi nor Ruth has yet to allow uncertainty to hold them back. Boaz, on finding Ruth's actions as revealed in chapter 3, verse 11, says to her, And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I'll do for you everything you are asking. Then Boaz tells Ruth that there is a Redeemer who is a closer relative to her than he is. Boaz states in chapter 3.13, In the morning, if he'll redeem you, good, let him redeem. But if he doesn't redeem you, then, as the Lord himself lives, I myself will redeem you. There's that uncertainty showing up again, yet Boaz is certain to make security for Ruth and thus Naomi. Ruth returns to the home that she and Naomi are sharing and tells Naomi all that Boaz did and said he will do. Boaz goes to the gate and asks the question in front of the community to the closer relative. At first, the Redeemer says, yes, he will redeem the field of Naomi's late husband. But when Boaz states that Ruth the Moabite is part of the redemption, as the law states, for the redemption will honor the legacy of Elmick, Naomi's late husband, the Redeemer says he cannot redeem, stating as told in chapter 4, verse 6, you can have my right of redemption because I'm unable to act as Redeemer. Boaz finishes the transaction and announces in chapter 4, verse 9 to the elders and all the people, Today you are witnesses that I've bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elmlich and all that belonged to Kilian and Milan, and also Ruth the Moabite, the wife of Milan. She is now my wife to preserve the dead man's name from his inheritance so that the name of the dead might so the name of the dead man might not be cut off from his brothers or from the gate of his hometown. Today you are my witnesses. The people agree that they are the witnesses. Boaz and Ruth are married. Ruth becomes pregnant and gives birth. Naomi holds this child, the child of Boaz and Ruth, the child who will carry the name and story of Naomi's late husband and sons, and she, Naomi, becomes the child's guardian. This child is named Obed. Obed is the father of Jesse. Jesse is the father of David. David, who will unite the land, the people, and has a heart for God, is the great-grandson of Boaz. David, who will bring certain fullness, abundance, flourishing to the Israelites, is the great-grandson of Ruth. Imagine Obed relying, relaying his story to his grandson David. What a personal story. What a family story. What a story of uncertain certainty. Certain uncertainty was all around Naomi and Ruth. They, however, chose to be certain and decided on a course of action while maintaining their faith. We too can settle. We too can choose to settle into the uncertainty of this world or be bold in our certainness. Especially as Quakers, we know the certainness of meeting, certainness of those who came before us to steward this land, build our meeting house, plant a tree. We know the certainty of purpose as directed through our silence, certainty that we are family, certainty that one day we once again will occupy the pews, certainty that there will be a chicken pie day, certainty of another barbecue, 
Certainty that David Smith will camp out for hunger. Certain today that our concerns were received with response to hold one another in our hearts and pray for one another. Certain that our praises are always celebrated. Certain that our God is a God of love. God who rejoices over us. God who enjoys gifting us. God of being in the midst of us, either in famine or feast. And is the God who is never, ever uncertain of bestowing great, great love on all. Peace to you.